the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's calling, wake up, child. It's your time to shine. You were born for such a time and such a time. On this note of emotions, they do not determine the truth, but they often reflect the truth. So when I hear the truth or singing about the truth, it's going to be reflected in my emotions. And could it be that God gave us instruments and things that would spark emotion? It's not always a bad thing, guys. I think I read somewhere in the Bible, heart and loop and tambourine and and this and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Come on, frozen chosen, we got to wake up a little bit. But there's got to be something that rises up in us and says, I got to get to that altar. Thank you for joining us here at Westside Christian Fellowship, located in Leona Valley, California, one hour north of Los Angeles. Today on Regaining Lost Ground, we hear the fourth part of this uplifting message from Pastor Shane titled, Worship is Warfare. John Wesley once said, Give me a hundred preachers who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God, and I care not whether they be clergymen or laymen, they alone will shake the gates of hell and set up the kingdom of heaven upon earth. Are you feeling weak in your faith or desperate for more of God? Tune in as Pastor Shane gives an intense account on the true power we as believers wield when we are filled with the Spirit of the living God. Listen now and be emboldened and strengthened in Christ today to join the fight against the kingdom of darkness and witness the true, living, victorious power of King Jesus today. You can hear the whole message at Pastor Shane's YouTube and Rumble channels. Make sure to subscribe today. For more information, visit us online at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We also encourage you to hear more truth from Pastor Shane with the Idleman Unplugged weekly podcast. And now, from Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California, here's Pastor Shane Idleman. And I love to get to the part where, as soon as he said, it is finished to telestai. It is finished It's done. The earth shook. The veil was torn. Even after his resurrection, the dead in the graveyards got up out of their graves and went into holy city. And then it says, and the the, the Roman centurion said, surely this was the son of God. Oh my goodness, I would have loved to have been there on that day. And see, it fires you up and you begin to worship and you begin to maybe close the Bible and get, get in your prayer closet. This is a living, engaging word of God that fires you up and brings you close to your Savior. Folks, this is the only way to get through these difficult times ahead. So because it's so important, let's talk about it for for just a minute. Biblical facts about worship. Number one, worship involves more than just singing or listening to worship music. So it is. Worship is not just singing or listening to worship music. Right? It's our lifestyle. But again, don't use this as an excuse to hide spiritual apathy. And I've heard it a lot. I've, I've, I've talked to people like, hey, you're not really 
you know, you just kind of bored during worship. You never worry. Oh, yeah, well, you know, worship is my lifestyle. <laughs> okay, okay, that makes you feel better. But I don't want to. I don't want to say. Well, you got to. You got to get emotional and cry all the time. And oh, fell down and program. It's not that. But there's something, right? Like we all express some joy differently. I mean, for example, if we say, "Hey guys, you're not going to believe this." Elon Musk stopped by. <laughs> this is incredible. <sighs> I can't believe it. Actually, every one of you gets a million dollars cash today <laughs> as you're leaving. Oh, you're not going to act like this. Give me a break. <laughs> right? See? Correct? Some of you, woo, and some of you be at this altar crying. Thank God. Thank God. Some of you jumping up for joy. You're not even staying for the service. You're out that door to get the money and get out. See, we all express things differently, but there should be emotional engagement. There should be something that rocks your boat. There should be something that hits like a fighter's punch. There should be something where your heart is entrenched in worship. And then number two, true worshipers worship God in spirit and in truth. BibleStudyTools.com Worship in truth. Worship in truth connects the heart of worship with the truth about God and His work of redemption as revealed in the person of Jesus Christ and the Scriptures. Are you saying that if I'm not a believer, I'm not truly worshiping God? Absolutely. Absolutely. Nobody who rejects Christ and the Scriptures is truly worshiping God. They're going through motions. And they will hear, God will hear your prayer and your worship if you say, Oh God, I've been wrong. (laughs) Save me. I need to know you. Now your heart is engaged to the one true and living God. The true worship of God is essentially internal. It's a matter of the heart and spirit rooted in the knowledge of and the obedience to the revealed Word of God. That's a good definition. And then in spirit is the internal working of the Holy Spirit in your heart, often drawing us to repentance and obedience. So that is really worship, is you're worshiping God in truth. You have a right relationship with Him. You know Jesus Christ. You've repented. And, there, and worship is, worship is the outflow. Worship is the outflow of what's going on internally. Because out of the abundance of my heart, my mouth is going to speak. False worship is not connected to the true God via repentance and faith in Christ. So anytime you can, it's a pretty interesting study, probably a couple hours you can pull up online, all the mentions of false worship in the Bible. And a lot of those times it was not just pagans. It was God's people. God's people had false worship. Giving their heart, their expressions, their time, their energy, their adoration to something that's not God. Remember months ago, somebody posted on Facebook and me and my wife were shocked. Like I would have never, I'm not going to go into details on who, but they're going to a Taylor Swift concert. I don't want to get legalistic, but that's demonic. Have you seen the devil's head she puts on and the lustful lyrics and, and this enticement? I mean, music is getting so, it's like cut and dry. 
Little Nas X, all I need is 30 seconds of watching that video. Right? You're, there's, there's something that, that, that and how, how could you, that's, that's, you're, you're being drawn away. You're being, and it makes you wonder, where's the spiritual discernment? Because we can be so, we can become so carnal, so carnal, so quenching and, and grieving the Spirit of God that we no longer hear His voice, and instead we drift away. We drift into those things and we make excuses. Oh, my kids love it. I'm going to spend some time with them. Well, that, that's a problem right there. Teach them, show them. And false worship was even connected to God's people. God's people would be involved in false worship. Giving their adoration and going through these rituals and these motions to pagan deities. And that's why I'm sure the Old Testament's clear when it says, don't even, don't even follow their practices. Don't even follow their practices. That's why you have to be careful. You don't want to just, you know, uh, I remember it was, it was a pastor. Um, well, this probably right when we planted the church now, 13 years ago, was in a church in our area. And, and we had, we just obviously disagreed on everything. He was, he was part of something called the emergent church movement. And, and I'll never forget. I just like, Lord, I just, this conversation's over. I don't know what to, but Shane, we can learn a lot from Muslims. We can learn a lot from Hindus and Buddhists. Exact words. Can you kind of unpack that for a minute? Well, we can learn how to pray, pray more and meditate more. Look how devoted they are. I'm like, all that shows me is your lack of spiritual appetite for God. You, you, that, none of those things should be lessons for you on how you can get closer to God. You're supposed to have the true living God and your passion, your worship, your desire does not, does not have to be, be, um, be motivated or gauged by other religions. What can we learn? Now, maybe he's just trying to be gracious, but that's a dangerous statement. How many of you would be here next Sunday if I came in here and said that? How many of you would be gone next Sunday? <laughs> Dave, I know you would. Heidi, you're gone too? All right. Now, most of you. If I said, hey guys, we need to stop being so rigid and, and legalistic, and I'm learning a lot. You know, I've been kind of enlightened lately. I think we can learn a lot from um, you know, Buddhists, and here's what we're going to learn in Hindu. And uh, even that's why some people are careful with yoga, because it, it's, it poses to their gods. You know, so just, I'm just saying, I know the people, just be careful. You can never err, you can never err on the side of following God too much. Now you can get legalistic and rigid, right? And judging people. But hey, Lord, I just want to follow you unconditionally. I don't, because it's a gray area, maybe that's a sermon title in the future. Get rid of the gray areas. Because a gray area sometimes is what makes us fall back into the black. Because it's gray and cloudy. Now I'm not telling you go cancel your yoga classes, but I would call them Christian, Christian stretching. <laughs> right? I remember it was so hard. 24-hour fitness. When I was leaving in 2000, they were starting to bring in yoga classes. I was coming back to the Lord like a year, and I'm on fire for God. I'm like, I, and I got legalistic about it, and you know, it's a secular organ. You know, you can, but I'm like, can't we just call it stretching? Why, why, why this term? 
You know why? And, and if you look, that's what they're, all these poses to the, this God and that God. And it's like, that's, that's, I, now that I know that, see, that's everything. Once you know it, see, now that, that's why some of you are now in trouble, because now you know. Now you know the truth has been revealed. But that, you have to be careful of false worship. Wood, stone, and precious metal could not save Israel, and it cannot save us. They begin to worship these things. I mean, they, God says, you'll go down and you'll cut down a tree, you'll bring it home, you'll burn some of it, and then you'll fashion some into this idol and put it there and begin to worship it. Give, give it your time, your adoration, your attention, your prayer requests. Okay, glad we don't do that anymore. Well, now it's called a 50-inch entertainment center. Is there anything wrong with it? No, there's not. But what about if it's getting all your adoration and all your attention? Because worship isn't just hands held high and singing, right? It's where am I giving my attention and my focus? Where, where, and that's why entertainment is not really neutral. Whatever is entertaining you is influencing you. If I start to turn on things that are entertaining but not helpful, it, it's going to influence me. Because if it doesn't repulse you or tell you, know, I shouldn't really do this, you're like, ah, you open. That's what open yourself up. Open yourself up. Number three, worship involves thankfulness. As we saw earlier, there's always thankfulness with worship. Number four, worship can be exciting or deep and and contemplative. You can contemplate. What I mean by that is we can't judge worship by emotions and how a person acts. I would never do that. Because early on, God showed me a lot of different things from a lot of different churches. You know, I would see people who I thought were so, so mature. Right? They're usually the loudest. Their hands were the highest. They were jumpers. They're going down that aisle. or They're like, just praising the Lord, praising the Lord. And you get outside the building. It's like, oh. See, that can just be... That can just be, yeah, it can be show, or it just can be that's who they are, you know? And so worship isn't necessarily, it's often exciting, but it's also deep, and you're contemplating things. Is there any different than the young adult raising their hands up here and, and crying out to God than the, than the older gentleman back in the pew and bent, and kind of bent over and leaning and remembering where God brought him and, and just his tears and just, he's contemplating his life. See, they're both worshiping. And then number five, God gave us emotions as forms of expression and or to reveal what's going on inside. So that's why I don't, I don't think emotions are bad. I mean, they're, they're neutral depending on the situation. Would be to God we had more people emotionally worshiping God. Amen? That's where the term frozen chosen comes from. Or cemetery church. They're just, get me through this. Ah, Chick-fil-A's closed on Sundays. (laughs) Dang it. How many of you guys have driven over there and found that out? But God gives us their forms of expression or to reveal. Can you imagine if we had no emotions? We just all kind of had the half smile. and No, they reveal what's going on. You know when you see that look in your spouse's face, what's wrong? 
right? Because the emotions are revealing the, what's going on. So why should that not also play a role in worship? Shouldn't our emotions play a role in what's going on? And I only say that because it's right now there's a big push on emotional worship. And I'm like, can you please define what that means? What, what, what do you, well, that's emotional worship. Well, okay, what, what's the, okay, if, if it's not emotional worship, what kind of worship is it? I mean, dead? That's the only other option. Statue worship? So what's the opposite of emotional? What they're saying is they don't like all these younger people expressing their hearts to God and being an hour, hour and a half long worship services crying out to God because they see they lack that in their own spiritual life. Instead of repenting, they have to come up with some term. Now, when that term, when they're using that term that right way, is they mean, you know, um, emotion, you're, you're just trying to get the emotions, right? And we actually, when did we cancel the, the fog machine last week? We had a, we had a fog machine coming. And it was going to be, oh, it was going to be great. And we talked to the top musicians in the, in the, in the United States and they told us just, just how to, how to camp out for a while. You know, I'm joking, right? Okay. Some of you are like, but that's what they, some, that's, uh, that's what I can see that term being used correctly. You know, you got the smoke machines. You've got the, you know, the worship leader. We got to get that guy that charges $5,000 and wears the skinny jeans and drinks his latte. And he's got that worship look and then just camp out and, you know, a number, a number C on guitar or whatever, you know, just, just kind of just do that for a while and see now you're playing on emotions and you can play. And that's why they mean you're just playing on because you can, you can, you know, anytime you hear the, the, the national anthem, do you ever get goosebumps or just me? Man, so there are things that, that can be, but that's not necessarily bad. God gave us emo- emotions to express things. It's where that expression is going. And I, I, I think worship should be a little bit more lively when it comes to worship. Think, I mean, think about what we're doing. We come in together corporately and we worship the God who died for us and gave up his body, his blood as a ransom, paid our debt. Now I can stand before Almighty God. Now he's going to watch over my kids and your kids and our grandkids. He, although, though you might fall, you're going to get back up. The God of the universe is going to guide us and control us. Although all hell may be breaking loose and I might be dying of something or I might be going through hell, that God is holding me together and we're going to come in here and just, I don't know. Think about it. Think about what's really going on in a lot of our hearts. Help us is a good good thing to say right now. Pastor, you're convicting me. Yeah, not me though. That's it's not me. What's convicting you? Knowing, knowing there's a deeper life, knowing there's a deeper heart. But on this note of emotions, they do not determine the truth, but they often reflect the truth. So when I hear the truth or singing about the truth, it's going to be reflected in my emotions. What a beautiful name it is. Man. And could it be that God gave us instruments 
and things that would spark emotion. It's not always a bad thing, guys. I think I read somewhere in the Bible, heart and loop and tambourine and, and this and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Come on, frozen chosen. We got to wake up a little bit. Now, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean you're going to, you're going to turn into some emotional worshiper. How many guys out there that are conservative like me, right? You're probably not going to look like the lady up front with the flags, right? That's emotional. It's the same, same emotion. They're same, they're feeling the same thing. They just express it differently. But there's got to be something that rises up in us and says, I got to get to that altar. I've got to raise holy hands into the Lord. I've got to pray and contemplate or get on my knees. And there's something that, that, that expresses what God has done for me. I think it's a dishonor to come in and act like we're bored. I really do. We're getting more excited in Cinemark. Or when I went to the Dodger game, what an example of emotion. You, why aren't these guys emotional? I mean, why don't you call them emotional? That's truly emotional for the things that aren't of God. Paint their face loud as heck. Get these little horn things. So here's, here's the key. Emotions are a thermometer, not a thermostat. So let me explain that. My emotions as a thermometer are going to measure, measure or gauge the spiritual vitality in my heart. A thermometer, you know, you put, you put in the, come on guys, you know, you put in the meat or you put, or, or it's in your house and it says, okay, this is what the temperature is. It does nothing to change it. So that's what my emotions are. They're a reflection, a thermometer of what's going on in my heart. But they not, they're not a thermostat, meaning they, they control now the temperature. They are, now our emotions are controlling us. I'm, I'm going to have to shoot you guys honest this morning, like I always have been. I know it sounds funny. But I, if, if, if I had to, if I only, <laughs> um, hmm. if I only came to church when I felt like it, you might not see me a lot. Now I'm excited I'm here. Absolutely excited because see, my emotions followed. They didn't control me. This morning, I decide to leave when my wife and kids leave. My four-year-old does not want her hair combed. And she's screaming bloody murder. Like, what is going on? Just comb her hair. It's easy. Will you do it? And then the 10-year-old doesn't want her in her room. And then it's like, golly, I just want to stay home today. I can't. That's right. Dang it. I can't. We used to do that all the time. Can we just be honest this morning? How many of you fully intent on going to church and then all hell breaks loose in the morning? I'm not going now. Me and my wife went to Central Christian and Hope Chapel and Calvary Chapel while we were married and we missed a lot of services because I'm just not going. I don't feel like it anymore. Good. Fine. See how that... You blame yourself. You Everybody, if you can't relate... So I do laugh sometimes. The reason God made me a pastor too is to get my keister to church and to, right? I mean, there's just no way around it. Now there is, unless I'm sick, real, like real sick, there's just, I'm here. But I've learned a great lesson that when I, I'm like, thank God, when I, when I just walk in and hear the practice or drive, you think, oh, thank God. And see, now the emotions follow me. They come later. So that's when we get in trouble when your emotions are the 
thermostat. They're controlling the temperature of your heart. Love your spouse even when you don't feel like it. Should I, should I get out of that one or keep pressing in a little bit more? Right? Don't our feelings... If if you act on the feelings and they're leading you through the thermostat, that's when you get in trouble. Listening to Regaining Lost Ground with Pastor Shane Eidelman. You can find more information at westsidechristianfellowship.org. That's westsidechristianfellowship.org. And for all the latest on what God is doing with His ministry here, please be sure to follow us on most social media platforms. Westside Christian Fellowship is located 60 miles north of Los Angeles in Leona Valley, California. Thank you again for listening to today's message of Regaining Lost Ground, where we are reminded daily, times change, truth does not. Regaining Lost Ground is sponsored by the generous supporters of the ministries of Westside Christian Fellowship. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.